It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Reno's in Vegas. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Big Four's on the way here in just a couple seconds. John Von Tobel looking very inquisitive like he's got something. Uh, I'll hear that in a second. That sounded rude, but uh, one second. Demond's here as well. I wanted to give Demond the pop. Mm-hmm. So what's up? Do you want active and inactive, inactives for tonight? Yes. Uh, the Lions. David Montgomery, Taylor what? Decker. What? Active. Oh, good. Emmanuel Mosley is inactive for the Packers. These are the big ones. I These think we all big. expected this. Uh, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson are active. Jair Alexander is not. Man. I should do this. I'm going to do this now. You saw who else is out amongst running backs this weekend? Mm, nothing comes to mind. What? Eckler is out again. Oh, yeah. Have you? I- I'm going to go there, but I'm not going there. What was your line off the air? Well, we can't do that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. About the flu, but I don't think it's I don't think this is what's happening. I did mention it a couple of times and had the thought that in the off season, as running backs over and over and over again were feeling kind of burned by the way they were being treated from a contract standpoint. I did throw it out there that you know what, that slight tweak that maybe I could play through. We got to be patient. This year we got to be patient with my legs. Sorry. And I, I think Austin Eckler is a, a real gamer, but I wouldn't blame running backs. And if it happens to Josh Jacobs, uh, I don't know what's going on with your guy, Johnny Taylor. But, right. I mean, why would you run through a brick wall right now for organizations that are like, eh, we'll give you a little incentive, but a big raise? Nah. So, have you, I don't know where we are. Just really quick, have you guys gone down that wormhole of the fates of the running backs that were on the Zoom call? It's, it's like it was cursed. J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, like Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. Yep. It's it's a who's who of dudes who have had a pretty poor season to begin with or dealing with a pretty big injury. If Jerry Jones was a football god, he'd be like, I smite you. For sure. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like is happening. So every time he's got a little Tony Pollard, a voodoo dollar from the <laughs> league. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four We hit this yesterday on Cofield and Company with Justin Watkins And he was asking about Taylor Swift and the Jets-Chiefs game And if she would be there And then he thought she might be on tour And the vast research crew, we really couldn't come up with the info She was on tour I think she's off for a couple weeks She will be in New York She will be at the stadium I'm sure she will be in a luxury box to watch her guy, Travis Kelsey. So we get another week, and the NFL must be like, holy crap. We had KC and the Jets on Sunday Night Football. The Jets have kind of become a crazy story, although I don't think viewership was going to drop. But with the Swifties and now a week of social media, last week's game, a 41-10 game, got 24.3 million viewers. It was the highest-viewed game in the NFL. It was a terrible game. I'm guessing the Jets and the Chiefs with the Swifties on board – the viewership, who knows, might pass $25 million, might go up to $30 million. Sure. I mean, I think, I guess the bummer is, do you get anybody to stick around after this, right? Because there's going to be a lot of Swifties who will tune in. There might have been an off chance in a good game. You might get them right into your product. But then you watch these two games where it's whatever the Bears put out there and then what potentially Zach Wilson and the Jets are going to do. Eh, you might get a couple of lovely lock-sided games, and then they're not going to stick around for the long shot. Although Zach Wilson will probably get a lot of attention from the Swifties. 
But if the Chiefs are rolling, maybe that keeps them around because, hey, Travis Kelsey's the best thing since sliced bread, and they'll think this is how every Chiefs game go, that they, they're they the best because Taylor's on their side. Oh, the Chiefs love it. Yeah. I mean, you've got to love it if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. I would assume the – I mean, we already saw about Travis Kelsey and the jersey sales. It's got to be great for Kansas City. I, in terms I'll, of I'll be honest. I think I was going to bail on the game at some point, but now I, I'm almost obligated with our jobs to watch. Just, and I guess I could get on social media, but to watch to see how many Taylor Swift – Pops there are on camera as the Jets are just they're not gonna score. So it's gonna have to be defensive touchdowns. Sure. And maybe they maybe they'll just maybe they actually will go at this point the game plan for the Jets is I know people hate this, but you just gotta run on first, second, and even like third and long, just run. Just run. I mean We're talking about Trevor Simeon's gonna save you guys at some point. He's not playing yet. Don't joke. I, I don't want to get into that either. You, that's I, that's I, very upsetting. I'd be pissed if it, I were you. I am. The, the, about Trevor Simeon, right? It's 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 ridiculous. It's Carson I Wentz. laid out all the quarterbacks, and of course, every guy I wanted, now the guy they were behind is freaking hurt. I guess, you know, you can make a run at Taylor Heineke. There are decent quarterbacks. Matt Ryan turned him down. Mike White didn't Wentz. show you enough? Carson Wentz. He stinks. Carson Wentz is better. It, yes. It's not even close. It's not. there. And Trevor Simeon's probably better. But that, that's the guy? Really? Right. Come on. What are we doing? I don't know. But can I bring this back to Taylor Swift really quickly, too? Did you see the new Heinz product? What? So, I don't know if you saw this. So, during the game, there was a... Dude, these Swift fans are crazy. So, there's a picture <laughs> of what she was eating. And so, it was like a single... By the way, it looked like a psychopath's plate because it was like a single chicken finger and then like a dollop of, of ketchup. But the tweet says, it seems like Taylor is eating chicken with ketchup and possibly ranch. Seemingly like, ranch. Or seemingly ranch. And it's like clearly a glob of ranch. Heinz has released seemingly ranch, which is just freaking ranch. But it's like, this is insanity. No, it's ranch and ketchup together. Oh, is it ranch and ketchup together? It's ranch and ketchup together. Stop. Seeming, yes. Okay, seemingly it's not ranch. Really, it's like not really going out on the shelves. I think so. Why wouldn't or, you? Or they already have the product probably, and they're rebranding it for a couple weeks. Or they just take their, their ranch and their ketchup and mix it together and say, put a label on it. And you probably get what? If they put it on sale for a month. How many Taylor Swift fans would probably purchase it? As a collector's item? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Right. Also, real quick, highest rated Sunday night football game, 2012, Dallas versus Washington. The highlight of RG3's career, $30.3 million. Okay. Does it beat it, yes or no? Yes. Monday night. Because it's Monday oh. night, right? Or Sunday, no, Sunday, Sunday night. night. Excuse yeah. me, Sunday night. Yeah. It's so does beat it beat it? it. Yeah. $30.3 million, I think they can beat it. Number three. I'll take that bet. You guys can talk about this one. What's going on with Chandler Jones is just really depressing. And he put another video out. What was in the video where he was talking about Aaron Hernandez and he got really upset? Yeah, he brought up he brought up Aaron Hernandez. Actually, he brought up Josh McDaniels in terms of Aaron Hernandez and, and kind of alluded to something about Aaron Hernandez and ultimately what his fate was. Uh, and then he started to break down and cry. And look, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I'll be very honest. I don't know what we're supposed to do with conversations like this. I just very much hope that everything turns out okay. Like, whatever it is, I honestly would just like to express that. I hope Chandler Jones eventually finds happiness is an okay because it was just not a very comfortable video that I watched. Is Antonio Brown coming to town to try to help him? They were communicating on social media. Even brought up uh, Antonio Brown brought up starting a podcast with Chandler Jones, which Jones said he would want to take part in. So uh, I don't know what that is, but I don't think you want Antonio Brown as, you know, your support system. Number two. Well, we're all expressing a lack of comfort in talking about this. Are we pansies? Are we not doing our job? Because 
the social media creators and aggregators, they're all about it. So should the attitude be, hey, you know what? This gets me hits. It gets me follows. I'm covering a story like I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to be emotional. And um, hey, you know, if it all ends badly, too bad. My job is to get hits, build my brand. Should we have feelings? Should we care about people that we cover? Or screw it, man. That's not a serious question. But no, yes, it, no, it is. Yeah, it, it really, it really it. is. It really is. Like, should like, are we making a mistake in not playing that video? I, I easily could. I sent you the video. We could easily pull the clip and play it for our audience. We can make it in the rejoins. We can let people know what it said in it. But I mean, I showed it to you, Juan. Yes, like, that was uncomfortable. Like, I was up early this morning as he started his tweet rant. I woke up at two thirty this morning, and as I'm looking on Twitter, I'm like, man, Chandler Jones is at it early today. And then I see the live. I clicked on it for about two seconds, and I said, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And you showed me. That's why, I, as, as you were showing me the video, I said, yeah, that's probably why I stopped watching, because it didn't seem like it was headed in a good place. So for me, it's one of those things where if you want to seek it out, yes, go ahead and seek it out. But when it comes to the aggregators, the Dove Climates, who's not a real person, that it's just you don't need to say this. I know there's a lot of things for clicks, like Taylor Swift. That's a great story. Who's inactive? You know, all of those good things that maybe... Do they really matter when it comes to the play on the field? No. But this year, it's bigger than football because it's somebody's life that we don't know what's going on with them. And it's one of those things where I really just, like Steve said, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Of course, we don't want anything, unfortunately, to happen. Like, we dropped the ball as a media because we weren't covering the story. But I think it's getting enough attention. And maybe at this point, the best thing that he needs is to be left alone because I do think that he's at a point where... Social media, you can't stop that beast, but he is feeling a little bit of positive reinforcement from the attention that he is getting out there on social media. To answer your question, at least in terms of what you're supposed to do as a media company, it is a massive mistake that ESPN Las Vegas has not retweeted that video. But we probably shouldn't. Number one. Big trade. Dame Lillard. To the Bucks. Aiton. Moves out of Phoenix in a three-way deal to Portland. Drew Holiday is in... Well, he's headed to Portland, but may never get there. I don't know if he's, if he's gone or not. They did a press conference. Uh, we'll get to what his deal is uh, in a couple of minutes because he's going to be flipped. We talked about the betting earlier. Damon, let's get an official answer. Will you bet the Bucks to win the title at plus 350? No, not a chance. Okay. Smart man. Must have listened to a good analyst earlier. Yes, we have, the, the we have the VSIN senior NBA betting analyst. Um, the other angle on the story is a lot of woe is us around the league, and that includes did Jimmy Butler have something to say about this, and now he wants the NBA to investigate? Yo, NBA, man, y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at them for tampering. Okay. Well, listening to My Chemical Romance, by the way, which is so weird. It's an old emo band. I just it's it's an odd it's an odd listen. So your thoughts? Did the Bucks do the NBA dirty? Did they screw over the Heat? Uh, no. They, Portland did what they were supposed to do. Hey, we uh, we they, we don't feel comfortable with your deal, so we're going to sit back because things change. And this is one of the things that I had brought up multiple times. Now it happened earlier than I thought, but this is a great example of it. Situations change, and you know what changed from when Damian Lillard requested a trade until the day that he got traded to Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo started making noise. That's what traded. That's what changed. You need variables to change, and then deals get done. Look at what happened with Phoenix. The variables change. You want to know what happened with Phoenix? 
They got a new owner. And a new owner came in and said, I want Kevin Durant. Go and get him. I don't care what the cost is. And they went and got him. So it behooves you as a franchise, sit back and wait. See what changes. And if it gets into the regular season, then teams see, hey, we think we're a Damian Lillard away from competing. And it gets you a deal. But in this instance, a team was like, ooh, our big superstar is kind of hinting that he's not entirely too happy. Let's go get him another superstar. Thus, you get the deal. This trade does put potentially another good player, a championship-winning player, on the trade market. Uh, Here's Woj as the ESPN NBA insider discussed the market for Drew Holiday. Uh, Greeny, that this deal's ripple effects are still fully yet to be felt because Portland's next task is to find a team to trade Drew Holiday, and there are no shortage of contenders in the league uh, who would love to make a deal uh, with the Blazers for Drew Holiday. You know, among them, the Celtics, the 76ers in the East, I think the Clippers in the West, but, but any team who's trying to win uh, and is trying to uh, really keep up with this arms race now in the East with Milwaukee um, attracting. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, <laughs> enough. We got the teams. I'm Thanks, sorry, Cody. man. That's It's it's interminable sometimes. Thanks, yeah, Clippers. Who's going to get them? I, I think Boston makes a ton of sense. Just shipped off a defensive first guard, right? Marcus yeah. Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies. Probably could use some guard depth. Also, I just, I do wonder, if you get Drew Holiday, you've got to start him. So what do they do with the Russell Westbrook, Terrence Mann logjam that they'll have at guard? The Clippers is who I'm referring to. I would love if they got Drew Holiday because he'd be freaking awesome. Uh, but I would put Boston at the top of the list. Lot. Okay. What? No, I'll react to logjam on the way back. Logjam. Do you really want to fight me on this? I well, Maybe. Before you do, uh, look no, up yeah, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I got a break! Look this up Russell Westbrook right. Clippers this, 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 Oh, God. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Route on Cofield and Company. Stanford is with us here on a Thursday. JBT, Cofield, Damon, Stanford, how you doing? What's going on, fellas? Happy to be back on with you. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. So uh, quickly before we get to the Raiders and the NFL, um, how's it going so far for your football team for the Cougars? Man, the Cougs uh, got a big game against Texas Tech this weekend out there in Lubbock, so definitely got to uh, bring our A game because obviously Texas Tech this year so far, they haven't had as good of a start as they probably would have liked, but still definitely a very capable team. So uh, the Cougs definitely have to bring their A game. All right. Uh, on to the NFL in a second here. We're asking everyone who's on the show their thoughts on milk. what happened in the NBA. Well, we were talking about oh, milk, okay. too, but uh, not enough time here. Um, we were talking about the trade with uh, Dame Lillard to the Bucks. Yep. I mean, everyone, most people think it's a, a good deal. Is there any downside to this deal? We were discussing, you know, Drew Holiday plays great defense. Maybe Dame is not that lockdown defender. Yeah, I think that uh, they're probably going to take a step back defensively, obviously with uh, Drew Holiday being an all-NBA type of defensive player. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to make up for that with the scoring prowess that Damian Lillard is going to bring to the table. Imagine what that high screen and roll is going to be like with mm-hmm. Damian Lillard and a Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's going to be something very difficult to be able to try to stop in the East, the West, and anybody else. So I think that uh, right now that pushes Milwaukee back to being title contenders within the East. All right, let's talk about kind of the down story around the Raiders right now. And it's not going great on the field, but we were, you know, I'll throw it out to you. We were just having a discussion. Should we be covering, uh, especially retweeting videos, 
the Chandler Jones situation, or is it okay as media to have feelings? Because we're we're frankly we're not really covering the story because none of us feel comfortable. You know, we wake up this morning and Chandler Jones is breaking down and crying, and I really don't want to talk about it, and I don't want to send out videos on it. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I think the main thing is having compassion, you know, because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't don't realize this, but for for players in NFL, NBA, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, uh, boxers, MMA fighters, whomever, a lot of people look at them as gladiators, but they're still humans at the end of the day, and they bleed. They cry. They have feelings. So at the end of the day, you look at it, Chandler Jones, obviously we look at his career, been a lot of Pro Bowls, won Super Bowls, things like that. And it just reminds you that everybody's human. Everybody goes through things. I don't know what's going on with him right now. I hope he gets the help that he sorely needs. But it just reminds you that at the end of the day, we're still all humans walking around here on this planet. Some of us are taller than others. Some of us are are way more than others. Some of us are bigger than others. Some of us may be more athletic than others. But at the end of the day, we all still bleed red. At the end of the day, we all still need oxygen to survive. At the end of the day, we all still put our pants on one leg at a time. And so things like that just humanize athletes opposed to the way a lot of fans look at them as cartoon characters or superheroes. Let's talk about the mental side of things in prepping for a game when you're probably feeling down in the dumps about losing to the Steelers. But most importantly, going into this game right now, we don't know the status of Jimmy G as he's trying to clear concussion protocol. As a defensive player, and I'm sure you've been in situations like this where you don't know if you're going to have the one, and let's be honest, when we're talking about the twos on this team – it's a it's kind of shaky, I think, with Hoyer and then the freshly drafted AOC. So what's it like trying to stay focused, get back uh, you know, in the, the right route in terms of prepping uh, when the quarterback might not play? I mean, you just got to go ahead and prepare like you like you would with anybody else. Obviously, if Jimmy G doesn't start, you're going to have somebody else start. It may be Brian Hoyer. It may be the young guy. But somebody's going to be taking snaps from center. And anytime that happens, it makes you have to lock in and focus that much more because – you're not going to be at your best. You're not going to have your starter in there, which means they're probably going to lean on the run game a little bit more. They're going to lean on more special teams, field position, a.k.a. defense. So that just puts more of a feather in your cap as far as what you have to do to help this team be successful when it's not at its best. That means now you have to step it up. I've always thought for defenses, there's sort of a rally around the backup quarterback feeling that can last like one game. Um is that true? Like the, the defensive players talk to each other and like, okay, our guy isn't there. Like we have to play really well. Well, yeah, you definitely do rally around that guy because you already know that he's coming in as a backup. So you know that he's not the starter. He may not have the ability of the starter. So you know that as a defensive player, you need to be that much better. You need to go ahead and try to hold the score down to instead of keeping it under 20 points, you might want to keep it under 17 or 14, things like that. But I'll push back to your point that you just made as far as being able to rally around a backup for more than one game in the year 2001. The New England Patriots rallied around some guy that was a backup for them, and they wound up winning the Super Bowl. I think you guys probably know his name. I think his last name is Brady or something like that. So just want to just go ahead and throw that out there that, yes, you can rally behind a backup quarterback for a lengthy amount of time, depending on the type of structure that you have in the locker room. Stay for out, longtime Raiders defensive back, host of the Believe in Raiders podcast as well with us here on Cofield & Company. Do you trust that Josh McDaniels is a coach that is going to put his team in position to win games? I'm obviously referring to the decision-making down the stretch of Sunday Night Football. What did you think of that, and do you think that Josh can learn from a mistake like that? 
Well, the first question is, so far right now, there's no reason to believe or trust in him to be able to uh, lead this team in the right direction because he hasn't done it as of yet. But because he's been around Bill Belichick, I have to believe or assume that some of Bill Belichick's knowledge has rubbed off on him in some form or fashion. So to answer your first question, no, I don't have that high level of trust right now because he hasn't done anything to earn it. But I still think that he has the ability to be able to go ahead and be a fine head coach, maybe not a Hall of Famer or anybody like that, like Mike Tomlin. But I do believe that he has the ability to be able to run a team well. He just has to prove it. That way it's no longer just me surmising it. Now I have irrefutable evidence. Turning the page to the Chargers, what do you think about their head coach? Because Steve is in love with Brandon Staley, but I just can't get behind him because of some of his decision-making. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you and me both. I think that uh, for Brandon Staley, obviously for the type of team that he has, Justin Herbert, the receivers, now bringing over Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys as the OC. There are so many pieces on that team. Look at the defensive players, for crying out loud. And whenever they don't get it done, whenever it seems like they just always seem to come up short in the loss column, it just that's the reason why Brandon Staley is probably going to wind up getting fired at the end of the year unless they have a deep playoff run. So it's just something that sometimes whenever you have really good players, that can be your detriment. Obviously, we all want to have really good players because it's easier to win games. But there will be times where that actually is what causes you to get fired because you're not able to do anything with said good players. And unfortunately, that's what it's looking like it's going to happen for Brandon Staley down the stretch of this season. I'm concerned on a couple of fronts with my guy, Brandon Staley, from a communication standpoint. I'm getting a little bit tired of the OC in key situations when you go for it on fourth down and you can't run between the tackles. Both of the OCs the last couple of years, because Kellen Moore is doing the same thing, they continue to hand off to a running back, not Eckler, to go between the tackles, and they don't convert. You have a guy who was 40 of 47. He's got great receivers throw the freaking ball. And the other one came up today. I don't know if you saw this, but J.C. Jackson, who was a healthy and active, uh, had some quotes today where he's like, I don't understand why I was a healthy and active. I, I can't have players on my team, and I'm not saying I'm a Chargers fan, but if I'm Staley, I can't have players on my team saying that to the media because then mean, that means there's a communication breakdown. Like, he's got to know why he's not in there. Staley has to make it clear why you're not playing. Well, in that situation, I'm pretty sure that uh, J.C. Jackson is not completely flabbergasted from the standpoint of I have no earthly idea why I don't, right. I'm not sitting here with my pads on being ready to play in this game. Now, he just simply may not get why, okay, or okay. I'm sorry, he may, not, he may not understand or agree with okay. the decision to make him a healthy scratch. That is probably more of the the more direct type of combo, or should I say the, uh, the mindset of what you're speaking on. I think that J.C. Jackson was told, hey, you're not going to dress today. Here's why. He just may not agree with it or just simply understand why they made that decision. But he knows, he knew before the game started that, they, that he wasn't going to dress. Now, to your next point, J.C. Jackson, five-year contract, I think $85 million, $90 million, something like that. Yeah, whenever you have players that are making more than the coaches in the NFL, which, by the way, they call their head coach by their first name in the NFL. It's not coach so-and-so. Yeah, you're not going to be able to just simply put a muzzle on them whenever they have a microphone in front of their face because mm. they have a certain amount of guaranteed money, which means they have a certain level of 
They have a certain level of cachet. They have a certain level of freedom to do whatever it is they want to do. And if somebody puts a microphone in front of their face and they're frustrated and they simply want to vent a little bit, then yes, you best believe that's what they're going to do. I got 30 seconds left. Um, I, I want to build a case here that I think Swift, Taylor Swift and Kelsey is a good thing for them. Not that they, they're not playing poorly or need distractions, but I, I'm, I would think it's kind of a fun atmosphere and they got to win games, but it must be a little easier going than maybe it normally is. What do you think of the Swift Kelsey thing now that we're a few weeks in and she was at the game and on TV all the time? This is, it's pretty crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, something that came out of left field, at least as far as I was concerned. And I think that, you know, obviously uh, he's free to do whatever he wants. She's free to do whatever she wants. Obviously, they're both successful in their own right. And, you know, I wish him the best. And I think that just how you've seen on, on social media how his jersey sales have spiked. His podcast is now number one on Apple uh, podcasts and things like that. It just goes to show now it's like a bridging of the gaps and how there's so many, what's that, what are they called? Swifties, I believe, Taylor Swift fans who now are taking an interest in the Kansas City Chiefs. They're taking an interest in the football because of everything Mm. now blending together. And there's going to be some people that are big friends who are big fans of Travis Kelsey that are now actually pay more attention to Taylor Swift. But uh, I think it's definitely a, a great thing to happen, and I wish them all the best. I don't have a lot of time here, but all facts, no cap. Dating expert Katie Clark was on your podcast. Yes. We might have to steal a guest <laughs> here. Do you recommend her? Because we want to get into this with a dating expert. Yes, I definitely recommend her. All go right. ahead and reach out to her. You can go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Uh, you can follow her on YouTube and things like that. She's great. We had a, a great uh, episode. It was about an hour long talking about so many different aspects of dating, the do's, the don'ts, the red flags, the green flags. So go ahead, download it any place where you, where you listen to your podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, everywhere. And uh, it's definitely going to be a great show. Good spot, Stanford. We'll talk to you next week. All right, you guys be good. Post-time. You retire, you doing, you gonna be all over, huh? It'll be on TV, everything. Huh? Nah, when I retire, bro, I really want to be a porn star, though, bro. Like, dead serious. Like, you, you think I got that? No? Nah, I mean, just do, do whatever you want, bro. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I don't got opinion on that. Yeah, bro. Like, I, really, I really think I... Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So conflicted. God, that's a great topic, too. So Tyree Kill on his own podcast. Who was with him who was like, uh, no, I'm not doing this? Legendary, Hall of Fame-worthy career, Mike Evans. A fellow wide receiver. Wow, okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would have jumped all over that. That's the best um, part of the clip. Because here's the thing. I mean, if you really want to get hardcore with Tyreek Hill, who says after his career he wants to be he a does. porn star, um, you need to talk to people who watch porn, like porn connoisseurs, and then maybe set them straight and teach them about the industry a little bit. Like, if you believe that you're just, you just want just oodles of sex with different women, who I guess technically they would be experts, then I guess that's cool. Money wouldn't matter to them because I, what I hear is most male porn stars make a smidgen of what the women make um and then the other thing is do i go here i mean i would think tyreek hill is like you know i'm packing but are you packing are you porn packing I mean, I think it's a different world I think that's why you asked mike evans what do you think man 
Well, did he do see? <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> like Mike Evans, like Dude, imagine. Cool, man. By by the way, imagine if Mike Evans is like, go out of the room for a minute and come back in and drop your pants. Or no, or just the amount let's of. Just, let's just let's let's continue this dream for you, Tyreek Hill, or we're gonna end it. What if he, or what if he just without hesitation? Like, oh yeah, bro, you're hung. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. I've seen you work, bro. What if absolutely? It's a, what it's, if, it's a whole world, man. What if Tyreek Hill is just a, an artist? What if he's like, man, he's like, I watch these videos. There's no direction. There's no real plot. Yeah. Like, what if Tyreek Hill, I'd always be fascinated by, what if Tyreek Hill wanted to make an Oscar-worthy plot of a performance of a porn film? <laughs> there's no money in that. You know that. <laughs> no, There's no money. Just pour hundreds of millions of dollars into the budget. I, you know, what, ultimately, I, it's a porn. I hope he does it. I hope it works out for him. If that's, if that's your dream, go ahead and do it, Cheetah. But by the way, you can't be Cheetah in that world. I mean, there's certain moves you can't be. You, you, no, no, no. You, you cannot be fast. I mean, you the gotta, movements can be fast. you got to have some discipline. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, interesting topic that we were, were thinking about during the break, and I think I got insulted. Um, Stanford Route was just on with us. He does a podcast, and he had Katie Clark on, all facts, no cap. She's a dating expert. You looked her up, and then you said something interesting about the way she looks and the way I look. Right. She's an attractive woman, you know. And I was like, well, it's it's probably easier, right? It's like it's like Peyton Manning teaching me how to play quarterback, right? Like, of course, Peyton, like these are the things that you did when you played quarterback because you're freaking awesome and you probably have talents that I don't. I want a dating podcast, even though I'm married, from guys like that look like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Homely-looking yeah. men who've got no it's shot. It's really piling on here. Who are no, like no threes, shot. maybe. No shot. Right? A three! Real Come quick. On. I'm on Katie's Instagram right now, and yeah. one of her advice for men is get a little Brotox. So many of you men need it. And in this before and after picture, he's a schluppy looking guy, middle aged. Steve, you could have been the model for this if you got a little Brotox. What is Brotox? I mean, I was a little Botox, like a- but it makes you feel better about it because it's got a masculine name. Oh, I- you're starting to do a little TV work. But I don't, uh, I have to look. I have bags. I got to get rid of the bags. I don't think that Botox can't. Brotox. What's, her, what's her Twitter handle? Or, or Dating excuse, with Katie. No, I, I, I definitely need to work on a lot. Yeah, I don't care. Maybe one of her top tips is don't eat a beef-loaded baked potato with a cup of coffee. Right. For or, or loco moco at 8 a.m. Yeah. And move after you eat it. Don't go to sleep. Okay. There's a lot to work on. But I do get your point that there's different dating pools, and getting dating advice from someone who might be a 7 or 8 is a little different than getting it from someone who's, I guess, a 3. Thanks. Because um, they have different experiences, and your dating pool is a little bit different. Although I will argue that I think – if you have a personality, you can date up, even if you're a little bit of a fatso as a guy. Look at me. But you got to get in the door to show off that personality. You do. So if you can't get in the door, personality well, doesn't matter. I mean, going back to going back to Tyreek, you got to have some big ones. You got to be brave and walk up to anyone. You don't get to walk up and say, "Hey, I have a nice personality." Mons here. I think he's all ready to do that uh, dating discussion. We'll have to do that down the road. We should get the dating expert on, Katie Clark, who Stanford Route talked to. So I'm looking forward to this weekend in college football. I I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I thought this was our dating expert. We've got Brad Powers with us. Brad, let me throw this at you. First of all, how you doing, buddy? Oh, no. Did we turn him off with the uh, dating talk? Brad, what's yeah, up? I got you. Okay, I there, got there you. You, go. you were just ignoring my reference to no, being no, a dating expert. No, no, no. Um, I believe that the – well, I'll say this. 
Most of us thought that Oregon was going to roll, and I actually think they took it easy on them. I think they could have hung 75 if they wanted to on Colorado. Um, because it was 42-6, I think we're getting a benefit now. Uh, and also that USC didn't cover against uh, Arizona State, which, by the way, I called. Um, okay. Yeah, you did. Good that, job. That we're, we're actually, we're, I, think this, I think USC is going to do the same exact thing to Colorado but not take the foot off the gas pedal. And so what if Colorado goes for 20? USC could probably go for 65. I agree. USC first half, USC full game. Uh, that's the play this week. Again. And then also, this is in the weeds, and I know it's not for everybody, but I mean, you got significant discounts on, you know, going fading Colorado on the money line. So taking USC on the money line, I think, would get cheap okay. as well because of the public wanting to bet Colorado to win the game. Mm-hmm. So incredible. I brought up the example last week that uh, Rutgers, Michigan, and Colorado, Oregon had the same spread, but. It didn't matter, but Rutgers was plus twelve fifty on the money line, and Colorado, when I looked, was plus five fifty. That's insane. It is. In fact, the point spreads weren't the same. Michigan was twenty four point favorite, and uh, Colorado, uh, Oregon was a twenty one point favorite. That's so three good, point difference. I tweeted point. it. I'm like, yeah. where, where's the, where's the value, folks? You, you don't have to be Einstein to figure some of this out with a discount. On. Okay, another big dog. I might want to be on. You can laugh if you want. This has become a tradition. With the uh, the square chair, um, Northwestern plus twenty six and a half against Penn State. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying. That. <laughs> I mean, I, I no, I I mean they're playing with a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but yeah. I I watched the Minnesota Northwestern game, and I mean that played to expectation the first three quarters. I mean Minnesota was up three touchdowns and somehow uh, got caught napping, sleeping, whatever, uh, somehow found a way to lose that game. I think Penn State keeps the foot on the gas pedal with a, a buy on deck. Okay, so how about this? How do you, as a guy who has your rankings, factor in certain situations that other betters might? So I bring up this because Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame loses that game against Ohio State, now has to hit the road, play the role of road favorite against a pretty good Duke team. How do you factor that in, or do you not at all? Uh it's tough to factor in motivation. I'm not inside that locker room. I mean, I'm getting older now. I'm, I'm a whole generation away from these kids, so I, I have no idea what their mentality is. Uh, so it's tough to, for me to, to put a point spread on it. Uh, High-variance games, uh, usually I need a little bit more wiggle room to get involved in this particular game. If Notre Dame has the right frame of mind, spread seems short to me. If they don't, I think they lose outright. So what does that mean? I think if you're looking to bet Duke, I think you take a chance on the money line. With that being said, when they opened on the openers, I was expecting to bet Duke. Mm-hmm. They you bet numbers, not teams. Uh, Notre Dame opened too. I laid it with Notre Dame because I thought that was extremely short. Can I put Notre Dame in the dream killer situation that maybe a lot of what they're playing for is gone? And I also want to do that with Clemson. I think you put it more with Clemson than Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame would have to think with their games remaining that if they could win out. They still the, the dream is still alive. With two losses, Clemson would be in a dream crusher situation as far as I'm concerned. So I would prefer to put Clemson in that spot. And what does that mean? It means you bet Syracuse, not only plus six and a half at current number, but you, you put a little bit on the money line on the orange. There you go. All right. A couple of the, uh, you know, there's a few 4 0 ATS teams left. One of them out here in Vegas is UNLV. However, as somebody who's been very pro UNLV from an ATS standpoint recently, Brad, 11, 11 and a half against Hawaii, feel like we're at the point of no return personally. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly on the Hawaii side of things as far as value this week. So Hawaii plus 11, 
would be the bet. Uh, I have it already in pocket. Uh, so, I mean, kudos to UNLV for the start. I mean, I thought it was a good coaching hire that they made. I just didn't anticipate the early returns to, to come so fast for them. But uh, this is they're in a different stratosphere uh, in this one, laying double digits. I think it's, yeah. you know, a wide team that treats us like a – I mean, this is a big rivalry for them. Um, yeah, I think the number's kind of tough. I will tell you, the more we're around Barry Odom – he he's a very nice guy, but he is sneaky, intense, and I think he got really mad at, at the Hawaii DC, who kind of threw out um, in matter of fact fashion that oh we'll have more fans at the game than they will, and I don't know I don't know why he got annoyed, but on the coach's show last night he did a little rant. He doesn't go crazy, but he did a little rant. And I was like oh okay, he's taking it seriously. So that like doesn't that. mean that doesn't mean they're going to well, cover. Play middle linebacker, and you're an all American middle <laughs> linebacker by being Mister Nice Guy. Yeah. So. Uh, I yeah I was I always love meeting coaches who are like slightly taller than me and then uh, in his case every time I shake his hand I'm like mother like it just you know these guys are they really are they're like superhuman they're the mitts on the dude but yeah he's he's an intense guy and he kind of looks like he uh, nothing against Barry Odom but you know took more than a few shots uh, you know in the helmet opening so that's a, that's actually a compliment I'm jealous uh, I look like this and I I didn't take any of those shots on a football field um, more football uh, college football with Brad Powers uh, Brad Powers. Sports.com and Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. We actually, you know, we skipped ahead um, of a couple of Friday spots I wanted to hit, and then we'll get back to the Saturday slate. Um, Oregon's going, or check that, Oregon State's going up, huh? Four and a half against Utah. Yeah, I'm part of the Oregon State money. Uh, I would say the move a little bit today maybe suggests that, you know, Cam Rising isn't going to play again for Utah. Uh, I, I thought what could happen is Cam Rising plays, the number goes back down. And I'll jump right back in on Oregon State because I expect Rising to be rusty. But uh, certainly, I think this situation calls for, for an Oregon State play off a loss, must win. Utah traveling on a short week, power rating say it's a play. Utah, you know, really compromised them as far as passing offense. So I mean, it's Oregon State for me, even at the current number. BYU is playing, and I think it's going to be really interesting in this first campaign. Uh, all these schools getting a chance to go to well, some of them uh, getting a chance to go to BYU for the first time and first time in conference play. What do you think happens with BYU and a pick'em now with Cincy? Well, this is a little pull behind the curtain. I mean, two guys that I respect as much as anybody in the college football betting space are on Cincinnati. So, uh, I mean, they're a big reason why the number flips from uh, BYU about a two two and a half point favorite to Cincinnati a one point favorite in some spots at this point. So. Uh, tough going against two guys that uh, are, you know, long-term talking 10-plus years, 55-plus percent. So I am passing, even though my numbers say BYU. Kentucky won against Florida. Florida, all right. Kentucky hasn't played anybody. Uh, and, I, I I mean, yeah, statistically they look like a superior team. But when you played a couple of below-average MAC teams, an FCS team, and a, a Vanderbilt team that you had two touchdowns, uh, non-offensive touchdowns last week to make that score look uh, prettier than what it actually was. I, it, to me, it screams overrated. Florida wins the game. Is Michigan State so far gone that they are realistically 12.5-point underdogs against Iowa? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Uh, yeah, I, I bet Iowa this week. Well, what I bet it now, I'd still lean that way. It'd be a pizza bet. Uh, but, but it was a good bet for me on the openers on Iowa, believe it or not. Is Michigan finally going to wax them when they're laying 17 at Nebraska? I don't know. It's tough to wax them when you don't play with tempo and you're laying big numbers and you got the clock running and you got a Nebraska run defense that's pretty doggone good. That's the strength of their team. So I'm not there. I think 17 is about the right number. 
I thought that early move a couple days ago from, you know, 18, 18 and a half down to 17 was the correct move, but uh, right now it's a pass. How big is the loss of Connor Wiegman uh, uh, Wiegman, for Texas A&M at quarterback? How big is the drop-off? Yeah, Wegman's about a, 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 worth about a point and a half. People are surprised by that. But, I mean, Max Johnson had two years of starting experience in the SEC uh, and was in a battle with Wegman uh, this year. Wegman's a little bit better, but not, not, not that much. So uh, that, that's why we haven't seen too much line movement. I say that now. I'm looking at the screen. Arkansas taking some money right now as we speak. Back to the Pac-12, Oregon comes off an emotional victory. They've got Washington on the way. Can I get a Stanford cover plus 27 in a look-ahead spot here for Oregon? I mean, they got a buy on deck. Uh, I, was, I mean, I, I'm under the thought process that they, they could have finished a little bit better last week. Uh, I, and they didn't extend a lot of effort, in my opinion, in the second half, so... Uh, man, I, I, I worry more about the Stanford side. They're off back-to-back emotional defeats. What do they have left in the tank? So I, I laid it with Oregon. What's left in the tank for Iowa State as they're getting 19-and-a-half uh, <laughs> against Oklahoma? Well, I don't think there's anything in the tank to begin with, So, uh, and especially <laughs> considering the off-the-field issues and then what's happened to the program the last two years on the field. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, it's tough. The lower total, Oklahoma has Texas on deck. I didn't bet the game. Speaking of Texas, were you on the side that drove that thing down from 18 to 16? Yeah, I'm on the Kansas side here. Again, uh, not, not that I think Kansas has a realistic shot at winning the game outright, but I just, you know, if Texas gets up big, do they start to, you know, look forward to the, the Red River shootout next week? And Kansas is the type of offense that, you know, could, could get a backdoor touchdown or two. Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com, Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. He's on Cofield & Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Have the betters and the bookmakers downgraded Boise a little too much? They're getting three. They're on the road. They're at Memphis. What do you think of Boise? Yeah, I, I, whoever bet them plus three and a half in the last 24 hours, I think that was a good move. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're a little downgraded too much. Um, they could have beaten UCF, even though statistically they got dominated in that game. And then, I mean, Washington is a really good team that they got blown out uh, against. So, yeah, I, I don't get all the negativity around them, and I don't think much of the Memphis coach. So, right now, I could, I could only bet Boise plus three. Brad, this might only matter to somebody like you, but I do I do our college lines reveal show on, on VEASAN on Sundays. That game, the Boise State-Memphis one, was fascinating. Circa opened up Boise State as a three-point favorite. DraftKings had Memphis as a three-point favorite. So for like a brief window on Sunday, you could have sat back and grabbed both threes immediately. I would assume that's something that you monitor. But for anybody out there, like it's such a good example of if you're actually in a position where you can get these outs and, and get in on this, you can really be active on Sundays. I get criticized for talking about the tickets that I have. I do have that Memphis plus three ticket in my pocket. Yep. Why are you criticized? Because, uh, I mean, it doesn't help anybody in, 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 uh, in the now. Uh, it, you know, it does. He's talking about stuff. Yeah, yeah. It does. So, Follow uh, his lead. He does it all the time. Don't get mad at him. Uh, Follow him. Uh, that three was up there for what, Brad, like two minutes? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I probably they, – they'll move – I mean, you can ask the guys there. They'll move a point and a half off of uh, one of my bets. Nice. Uh, last one. we got like 30 seconds left. Lions, Packers, Lions 2. Uh, can we believe in the Lions? They've let us down so many times. Please, Lions, please. Yeah, I think they're the right side. I mean, but that's where all the money is. I mean, it's a short week. But they are clearly the better team. And that Green Bay is so fortunate to pull that one out last week. Uh, I just think, you know, Detroit should be probably sitting here at 3-0. Brad, F the haters. You keep going. 
You get the advantages. <laughs> yeah. They need to follow. We'll talk to you. All right. Take care. I love that people get mad at people who are successful and are. this is what they do. If you want to be a casual better, don't get mad at the guy who's freaking working his you-know-what's off. That's right. Brad, though, flew in the face of the John Von model today, so I don't know. Is that right? He insulted you? A 1.7 point projected win for the Green Bay Packers. Well, we got a showdown here. I mean, I'm not betting it. <laughs> a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence. All right, we'll see you. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Joe Thomas, Ian Eagle, on the way.